If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest-fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure, fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs! It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time, jimmyoliveoil.com. It's time for Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. Featuring veteran health podcaster Jimmy Moore and functional medicine practitioner Dr. Will Cole. They're here every Thursday answering your questions about low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic diets. Now, it's time to drop some keto knowledge on Keto Talk. Keto Talk. Here's Jimmy and Will. Hey, hey, guys. We're back here on episode 122 of Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. Visit our website, ketotalk.com. And if you like like to connect on Facebook with your fellow Ketonians. We are at the Ketonian Corner, the official Facebook page for this here podcast, KetotalkFB.com. And what we usually do here on this show on Thursdays is we answer your questions about low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic diets. But today, we have a very special episode for you guys because we have the great debut book from my co-host here, Dr. Will Cole, he just debuted a couple of days ago, Ketotarian. We'll have a link to it in the show notes section at theliveandlowcarbshow.com. But I am looking at this gorgeous, glossy cover book, Will, and it is so beautiful. The subtitle, by the way, you guys, The Mostly Plant-Based Plan to Burn Fat, Boost Your Energy, Crush Your Cravings, and Calm Inflammation. So uh, what's it feel like now, Will, to have a book baby out in the world? Wow. It's, it's real. I mean, you've been through this uh, many times beforehand, but this is my first time and to have Ketotarian out into the world. And I think that it's, it's going to find a special home in the keto world and, and hopefully bring a lot of people in the plant-based world to the keto world. And I think yes. uh, just putting out that olive branch, uh, I guess that is a good pun to use there, but the, <laughs> Of just saying, look, there's a ways to you can be plant based and keto. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Uh, I, I'm really excited. And Olive Branch is both keto and vegetarian vegan. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I didn't plan that, but it works. But um, um sh- see, yeah. guys, he so lives and breathes it. His puns are just natural. They just come out. <laughs> so again, drwillcole.com is your website. Your functional medicine practitioner. There in Pittsburgh, and I love on the front cover where you mentioned top functional medicine expert, and then you put co-host of Keto Talk. So thanks for the plug for the book uh, for this podcast yeah. on your book. But yeah, I want to settle something up front because when I first started talking about your book coming out, there was some boo birds in the keto community, and I think it's just a misunderstanding of what you're trying to communicate with Ketotarian. Because what I think some people are hearing with you saying Ketotarian is that you think everybody should be eating a plant-based diet and do it with a keto template. And that's not at all what I hear you saying 
Um, it's just the opposite. It's if you choose to be plant based, here's how you can do it better than the other ways that have been put out there. Am I right in my assessment? Exactly. So as a functional medicine practitioner, I, the whole cornerstone of what I do is realizing we're all different and finding out what works for your body and what doesn't. I think what why I wrote Ketotarian was to really give the plant-based world keto options and give the keto world plant-based options. And uh, it is an eight-week ex- experience for somebody that's not fat-adapted to shift their body into ketosis, become a fat burner in a plant-based ketogenic way. Uh, and there's vegan keto, there's vegetarian keto, meaning we bring eggs and ghee in, yep. and there's pescatarian keto, or what I call in the book, vegetarian, basically plant-based <laughs> wild caught fish. So this, it's not just vegan. And that's why the word plant-based for me, at least, it means it's plant centric. It's not entirely vegan, even though there are many vegan keto options in there. There's over 81 recipes in the book, but um, you could be one or all the other, depending on what your personal preference is or what you do best on. Yeah. Um, and I make the the I bring up the facts of the bioavailability of omega fats and B vitamins and these things that we can only get through in ample amounts through things like fish. Right. So kind of uh, bringing the conversation out of my own journey and what I've seen work for patients for the someone for somebody that's eating entirely vegan, they may do better with bringing in some eggs or some wild caught fish. Yes. But still leaving it open that some people do fine and they're supplementing and they're doing great being entirely vegan. So it's just kind of having this functional medicine conversation within the context of being plant based keto. But absolutely not. I don't say everybody should be entirely vegan keto. That's not what ketotarian is. It's a plant centric keto option uh, for people to do with, again, non plant foods in there too, with the eggs, the ghee and the fish for people who choose to do so. Now we know some people personally in our lives that are doing a plant-based ketogenic diet, most notably Dr. Carrie Dioulis, who was on here last year. We did a whole episode about doing vegan keto and more power to them. But Thank you for articulating right up front that this isn't necessarily what you're, quote, recommending for all people in the right circumstance. This might not be the right thing for some people, right? Yeah, I think that it's about within the context of somebody that's already fat adapted, they are eating a keto diet. If they are they want more variety into the the foods that they eat, then ketotarian will give them some plant based keto options. It is not saying they have to be entirely plant based. Yeah. But I think bringing more of these phytonutrients into your into one's diet will help a lot of people out. Yeah. And it's also I think the the it will be educational for a lot of people in the keto world, especially yes. as the rise of the carnivore diet is in our midst. <laughs> it's the I opposite think it'll of be, ketotarian is carnivore. <laughs> yeah, it'll, and not that I'm against that either. Yeah. I, I think that it's it's these are all tools in our toolbox to optimize our health. And I think there's a time and the place for a lot of these things. But this is a conversation starter for the keto world. It's a conversation starter for the plant-based world and the standard Western world that are hearing about keto and all the different ways of doing it. This is just uh, one, you know, I think of it sort of like a, a, a diamond or a rock with all these different edges and the way that light reflects on it. I think that when you look at keto and real food as that bigger diamond, there's a lot of facets on it. And the carnivore is one of it. And the plant-based is another, another of it. Real food is another of it. I think we all can kind of realize that we're all part of that same crystal, that same rock of, of wellness. And we're not separate from each other. Yeah. I think the fact that you got somebody like Dr. David Perlmutter and Josh Axe and Frank Lipman to sign off on this book as endorsing it, as well as a well-known vegan, Dr. Joel Kahn, who I know is a good friend of yours, to also uh, do the same. That's saying a lot about kind of your credibility in both worlds, that there would be leaders in those worlds that would say, hey, I think this adds value to the conversation. And I'm real excited, Will, to see how the vegans accept it and how the keto accepts it. I can kind of tell you with my ear to the ground in the keto world, it's kind of, all right, let's let's wait and see how. They- <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited I think once for they, you. I, thanks. Yeah. I think once they read it, they will see that 
it's I am one of them. It's I'm not saying anything radically different than what they're what they know to be true. Um, but it's just a different perspective. And I think it's a uh, it's sort of this connecting uh, two different seemingly opposite worlds yes. and finding out these things that we have in common. And how can you do both? How can you be get the best of being plant based and the best of being in ketosis. And I think that that is what I tried to do with ketotary. And I think that it's an amazing uh, experience for people, no matter where they're at on their journey. Oh, I've long said that real food is kind of the glue that ties together the vegan and the keto and the paleo communities. It's the real food aspect. And so at the end of the day, okay, this group doesn't eat meat. This group decides to have a little more animal-based foods in their diet, that doesn't mean we're adversaries. We're actually on the same page here, which is what you're trying to articulate through Ketotarian. Exactly. And everybody that's listening to this show, and we know from the questions that we get, there are people that do well with more meat. There are people that do not do well with more meat. They don't feel as good. Their digestion's wrecked or they just feel more inflamed. And there's people that do well with dairy. There's people that don't do well with dairy. There's people that, so this is the nuance of our, our community. So I think that, um, making blanket statements and saying that, well, we can't be plant-based and keto, but that's just simply not true. I think obviously ketotarian will show that people like Dr. Diolis voices in that world. There are many Facebook groups and social media groups solely devoted to being vegan keto and plant-based keto. They're looking for options out there. Yes. So I think I know ketotarian will provide that. And I think more and more people will start creeping up. And I, I know actually uh, in the fall and the winter, there are other vegan keto books that are going to be coming out too, because people are looking for options. Yeah, when I first started talking about your book on social media, one of my longtime followers said, all right, you've jumped the ship now and you're, you're no longer keto because you're pushing vegetarian. I'm like, OK, th- this is the kind of thing that I think needs to stop and where I think your book will now bridge the communities. Guys, bridging the vegan and the keto communities is not a bad thing at all. I think it's nothing but an upswing because at the end of the day, we're trying to get people off Coca-Cola and McDonald's and the crappy garbage, as I call it. And if this is a book that gets people interested, it's not nothing but a good thing. Exactly. And I think that it was interesting when I had the book and I was going to my colleagues and friends in the wellness world and asking for blurbs, if they would be so kind to read it and write a little review on it. I got people that are, that are friends of mine in the vegan world that wouldn't write a blurb for it. Wow. Um, because I talk about eggs and the benefits of eggs and the yolk and you mean chicken uh, periods. That's what they call them. <laughs> yeah. Chicken. <laughs> yeah. So they, because it had eggs, because it had ghee and because we had fish options, it wasn't saying you had to even have it. Right. I gave many vegan options, predominant of the recipes in ketotarian are vegan keto. But even mentioning that it was like, I wasn't going to get their approval. They said, look, it's great. Like we, you don't, it's not nothing against you, but we can't endorse that. Um, So actually the keto world, the people in the keto world are, are people that subscribe to a low carb, traditional keto diet, like Frank Lippman, like David Perlmutter, like you, uh, like Jason Fung, they are, uh, they were the ones actually that were really supportive of it. So this is not radical to the keto world. I think that the cover and the notion of being plant-based because it hasn't been done before is, uh, they, they, are thinking that we're talking about being completely a carbitarian sort of vegan. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah, the front cover has a picture of a sliced avocado with a sunny side up egg and some herbs on top. And yeah, I guess that turned some vegans off. That's sad to me, though. And why do you think it is? And we're definitely going to get deep into the book here in a minute. But this is fascinating to me, the psychology of why a, a, a vegan would not like this as a positive thing for their movement, because to me, it gets more people interested in eating plant-based, which I thought was their stated goal. Yeah, I agree with you. And if you look at this research in there from an env- from environmental standpoint, the people that are talking about uh, people going more plant-based and let, eating less, depending less on factory farming and CAFOs and things like that, even if you're not entirely vegan, it has a positive result uh, environmentally. That's what 
the environmentalists are arguing. And I actually showed the studies in there of, okay, look, this is, you don't have to be entirely vegan to have a positive response environmentally if that is your reason for going more plant-based. Um, so I was just kind of covering all the perspectives and having the conversation. The uh, And if for, for them, it's it can be quite uh, a zealous sort of religious, religious thing, yeah. yeah, where it's like all or nothing. And if you're going to even talk about uh, anything as an option, they don't want to have it. Now, Joel Kahn is not like that. He's a very logical guy. He lives and breathes being a vegan and he's passionate about it, but he's also kind and open minded and he found the commonalities of what he says and what I says, I say, and he endorsed ketotarian. So I think that there are definitely there are great people and Dr. Diulis, the same thing. There's uh, really amazing vegan uh, cardiologists and orthopedic surgeons that endorse ketotarian. But, you know, some of them, they. It just can be a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say radical, but a little bit more zealous yes. than others. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Khan actually surprised me when he agreed to come on my other podcast, uh, Keto Hacking MD podcast as a guest to talk about adding fat to your ketogenic diet. And it was it was pretty amazing. Um, his story. Now, he's still a vegan and it's very clear when you read his posts on social media but at least he has the open mind about it and he's trying to get the word out into that community which I think he'll be a big champion for ketotarian way of eating when he speaks before, you know, a group of audience of people like Dr. Dean Ornish and T. Colin Campbell and, and all the usual suspects within the vegan world. Have you reached out to any of the big boys uh, about sending them a copy of this or maybe coming to speak to their patient populations or anything like that? No, I haven't yet. I, I'm, like, I'm obviously not. I think it's a great idea. I just haven't gotten to that yet. But I think the more and when people are getting their hands on the book and people like Dr. Khan and kind of reach out to these people. I, I think it'll happen. I think it should happen. I think that yeah. the conversation should happen. And I think that we can be a part of that. How cool would it be that Joel Khan invites you to be his special guest and he gives you time on the stage to talk before those people? Uh, yeah, it'd be fantastic. So I hope, hope, hope the opportunity happens. You're the right guy to do that, by the way. I don't think they want Jimmy Moore there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I see myself as that this because my world is functional medicine yes. primarily, and I think that that is it. My center is in functional medicine, and that allows me to talk about different things and seeing the amazing applications of ketosis. And and I wanted to share that amazing those amazing health applications to the to the rest of the world to the people that want to be more plant based. Maybe they're not even plant based yet, but they just hear about it online and they want to explore it. And they're like, well, I can do it both ways. I can be plant based and keto. Like yeah. that's an um, interesting idea for people. So, guys, we're going to pause here real quick. We'll be right back after these messages to find out why in the world Will decided to do this book to begin with. If you're a fan of fat, then you need to try the F-Bombs. Go to JimmyLovesFBomb.com, enter the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. So what are these F-Bombs? They are nut butters, and they have incredible combinations of coconut and macadamia nut, macadamia nut butter, and my favorite is salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. They also have several oil blends including the house blend, the MCT oil, as well as coconut oil. If you want your fat on the go, then you need to check out JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And once again, use the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb. You'll get 20% off your first order. JimmyLovesFBomb.com. Have you been interested in trying the new cutting-edge technology of exogenous ketones but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com slash jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone 
ketone supplement you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus, boost your energy, and commence fat burning. It does not contain any soy, dairy, gluten, artificial sweeteners, binding agents, or anything that doesn't directly improve your health. The synergistic power of a low-carb, moderate-protein, high-fat ketogenic diet with perfect keto exogenous ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high-quality beta-hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfectketo.com jimmy and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. We're back here on Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole, a special edition here today, talking all about the great release of the brand new book by my co-host, Dr. Will Cole. It's called Ketotarian. Go get it right now. It's available in stores as well as, of course, on Amazon. And we'll have a link to it in the show notes section at ketotalk.com. But Will, this was born in your head at some point. Uh, Maybe a publisher put a bug in your ear. Hey, we want a book on this. How did Ketotarian come about? The idea actually came about um, before I actually became a co-host. You asked me to be the co-host on Keto Talk. Uh, and it evolved from there because the original idea was to be plant-based keto, but have autoimmune friendly ketogenic recipes. Ah. Um, because most of my patients are somewhere on this autoimmune inflammation spectrum. Yes. And then, uh, so the idea happened uh, months before I came on to keto talk and evolved, as you know, through, you know, just writing the book and crafting the book and it became ketogenic and what it is uh, today. The idea really came out of my 10 years of being from my late teens until my mid late twenties. Um, bec- I was a vegan uh, I grew up in the wellness world uh, my whole life. Uh, for a little kid, I my parents were into wellness, and that's kind of where I came from, that sort of worldview. So I was the kid in the 80s and the 90s drinking like the weird like herbal elixir from soil and strange crunchy stuff that nobody in rural Pennsylvania <laughs> in the 80s and 90s were doing. So like that's where I, I came from. My parents weren't vegan, but I – decided when I was, you know, 16, 17, that I was going to be a, a vegan. And I was born out of my research of CAFOs and looking at what they, the food supply was just gross to me. It was, and the context was the late nineties. So the, um, so that is, I talk about that in Ketotarian of, of the fact that I've, I did this and this concept that just because something's better doesn't mean it's optimal. Right. And I got away with it because youth and um, I was better than the standard American diet. Good genes but, too, probably. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was a confluence of a lot of different things that I could eat that certain way where I was eating real foods, but it was a lot of carbohydrates for my fuel. So I was having the beans. I was having the, you know, rice and the quinoa, and I was having the the sprouted breads and the sprouted grains. And I would just go from meal to meal having these vegan, really what it came down to was whole food carbs, yes. uh, basically every meal. Which in and of themselves uh, aren't a bad thing within the context of a generally healthy person. Exactly. So, but the, the reality is I have autoimmune conditions on both sides of my family. Right. Uh, and my digestion was being impacted about eight or nine years into it. Um, my energy was being depleted and then I ran labs and I found out, look, my microbiome wasn't good. Um, I have MTHFR gene mutation, which just is a genetic polymorphism that many people with autoimmune type issues have. And my body wasn't converting folic acid into folate efficiently. I wasn't getting ample amounts of B vitamins, B12, folate. 
Um, my iron was low because I wasn't getting the active form of bioavailable form of iron. So there was a lot of things that were creeping in. I was like, look, I was, I, yes, theoretically, I could supplement. I could continue eating real foods and supplement that wouldn't uh, mitigate the amount of carbs and grains and the lectins and the phytic acid that were irritating my microbiome. So, but the nutrients themselves, I could supplement with, but I had some problems. I had some questions that I had to start to ask myself and I thought, okay, should I continue doing, because I thought I sh should I continue eating this way of high carb vegan just because I thought I was right. And this was the superior way of eating. And I had to realize that I wanted my health more than I wanted my pride and I wanted to be right. And I think that it's okay to evolve in this journey of being healthy and, and you did the best you could with the information you had at that moment. And I think I came to that point in my wellness journey to say, look, this wasn't optimal for me. Yes. And years later, my, a good friend of mine, I know you know her as well, Terry Walls, who has done amazing things with, with reversing MS. And she had a similar journey that I write about in Ketotarian, that she was a vegetarian for a long time. And she had that same come to Jesus moment of saying, look, wait, this wasn't, this was done with good intentions, but my health is being impacted here. I cannot depend on carbs and lectins and legumes for every meal. It's just not right for my biochemistry. So I actually quote her in the book because it was a, a pivotal quote uh, for me to read later on of just hearing her going through the same thing that I'd gone through on a different scale. I don't have right. MS, but um, just this wasn't working for me optimally. And I think that that uh, was really where Ketotarian came from. Ultimately, it was my own journey and now seeing patients uh, and what they're going through. And many people come to me eating way better than the standard American diet. Uh, they, they, they are beyond the basics, but despite all the good healthy stuff they're learning about online and on podcasts, they're still struggling with health problems. Right. So it also wasn't just my own journey. It was my patient's journey of seeing how can we harness the best of food to really boost our energy and calm inflammation levels down. So as much as ketotarian is about ketosis and being plant-based ketosis. It's all, it's also a lot of functional medicine stuff and talking about the autoimmune inflammation spectrum, which labs to run. So I really wanted to tie them in to get together because we know beta hydroxybutyrate and being in ketosis is a strong anti-inflammatory. So I wanted to get super nerdy and talk about all the cool science-y ways that ketosis will what will do to attenuate inflammation in the body. So that's really, to answer your question, that's yeah. really the, the birth of Ketotarian. I expected no less than to see a ton of functional medicine in this book because you live and breathe it. And I, I I've had never heard your kind of backstory into kind of how you got into this world. And obviously it uh, propelled you to want to get into functional medicine. And now look at what you're doing today, helping so many people that truly are at their wits end because they've tried everything else and now they're coming to see you. All right, you're my last hope. And, and you're now able to give them that hope and uh, and pass along kind of the lessons that you've learned from your own personal experience and other patients. And so uh, thank you for that uh, context. That's really good. So, so Ketotarian, who is this right for? Let's say somebody's listening to this right now, Will, and they're like, okay, uh, I'm kind of curious about this. Is this right for me? Who are you trying to speak to? I think I'm speaking to three different uh, groups of people. Um, it is speaking to the keto world and people that are a listening to the show. They saw the amazing benefits of ketosis, but they want more options. They want to have variety. They just want to bring more variety into their keto journey and have more plant-based keto options. That's for them. Uh, it's also for the, some, for people that have gone keto, uh, and saw the benefits, but maybe are stuck at a plateau and maybe they don't do well with dairy, or maybe they don't do well with lots of saturated fats. And I talk about in the book about, uh, underlying gut issues that some people don't do well with more saturated fats or that they um, have APO4 uh, mutations that predispose them for more inflammation and higher cholesterol levels when they focus on more saturated fats. So there's some clinical and just real life, I just don't feel as well here, eating this every day, all day, to give them more 
plant-based keto options too. So it's for them in the keto world, but it's also for the plant-based world that we know most of them are depending on carbs for fuel every day, all day. And a lot of them have wrecked digestion. They're fatigued. They aren't eating optimal long-term uh, for their health. So we're, how can we get them fat adapted with some people because of their personal preference or their religion or there's ethical, whatever reasons that they have, they just don't uh, want to have a lot of meat or not eat it at all. So how can we get them in on this cool keto action? Um, and then as we both know that there's a lot of people just in the world that aren't doing one or the other, right. they're just trying to bring more real food into their diet. And that's what Ketotarian is. And I know all of your books are as well. They're real food. So this is just going to bring more low carb, real food options that are plant-based into their life. So it's for those three groups of people. Sure. And I love that. I love that that's kind of a wide net of people that you're trying to reach and each with their own unique circumstance as to why they would need to read Ketotarian. But let's get into some things that I know are on the hearts and minds of people listening right now. OK, you're going to do mostly a plant based diet. So, Will, uh, we know plant based diets are severely deficient in B12. So how do you handle that one? So with Ketotarian, there again is the vegan keto, the vegetarian keto, and the pescatarian keto option. Um, the the vegetarian and the pescatarian really don't won't have the B vitamin deficiency if because of the eggs, because of the eggs, the, the, the B vitamins and the fish. Yeah. So at that point, they're still plant centric. They're still completely ketotarian, but they're predominantly getting their B vitamins in the form of the egg yolk and the uh, wild caught fish. There are some people based on their genetic mutations, like I mentioned with MTHFR, but then there's other ones called like uh, MTRR and MTR. These are all acronyms for ge different genetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll say nothing really, but they're just these long terms that we have these little um, acronyms for, but they are gene mutations that one may have that they don't use vitamins very well. They don't uh, activate these uh, methyl donors very well. So they need to supplement. Uh, even Honestly, even if they were eating grass-fed beef, they would probably have to supplement too um, to be optimal, to get their certain biomarkers optimal, uh, unless they're really eating a lot of organ meat, which is an option for people too. Mm -hmm. The... Um, so that that is that mitigates the B vitamin problem for somebody that's vegetarian keto and pescatarian keto in the sort of ketotarian world. The vegan keto person eater is going to be the one um, the one caveat there. They're going to have to supplement. There are small amounts of B vitamins in plant based foods. They um, can get B vitamins from things like spirulina. But I would recommend anybody that's completely vegan keto to supplement with B vitamins. And that's actually a section in Ketotarian right. is like these these vitamins to consider. And then obviously food should be your primary medicine. But there are key to, uh, thing, key nutrients that you may want to bring in depending on how uh, strict you want your plant-based keto walk to be. Will an oral supplement suffice or will some people may need to go get a B12 shot or how? What? Yeah, I think supplements normally are enough uh, when you look at labs and the patients uh, like you're measuring their nutrient panels and they're measuring their homocysteine levels like their inflammatory marker there uh, and then you look at how they're feeling normally supplementation is enough for most people but without a doubt i think that there are like b12 injections some people can benefit from those um, oftentimes i feel like uh, even if someone's entirely vegan keto they won't have to go to that length if they're supplementing properly right now, another topic that will be of interest regarding your book is, OK, Ketotarian is mostly plant based. Plants are carbs. So how do you keep the carbs low if that's like almost all you're eating? Yeah. So it depends, again, on one's carb tolerance. But what I recommend in Ketotarian is to and we talk about the different aspects of net carbs versus total carbs. But yep. if you're getting your food from real non-starchy vegetables to count net carbs. Uh, and use a lot you can eat actually, because the, the amount of fiber that's going into these non-starchy vegetables, which in and of themselves don't have lots of carbs, 
it's amazing how much plant food you can get in um, from non-starchy sources uh, throughout the day. And then on top of that, as your body's becoming more in ketosis, you naturally are going to intermittent fast, or you may just want to explore intermittent fasting. So at that point, you're maybe talking about two meals a day. Uh, that's plenty of, of real food, uh, non-starchy vegetables to get in uh, and still stay in ketosis. Now, you and I both know that there are some people that are more carb sensitive than others. Um, so obviously there's going to be some personalization that, that has to come into play sometimes, but for the average person, uh, as long as they're focusing on these real foods, plant-based keto friendly options in ketotary, and there's over 81 recipes, uh, this is something that ketosis will be a natural byproduct of that. A little side note, I recently had a guest on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show named Sally Norton, and she was talking about the oxalate toxicity of certain plants and a lot of them being kind of the keto-friendly plants. Uh, any comments on that? Uh, did you address oxalates at all within the context of ketotarian? Uh, I have. I didn't. Not directly. Uh, we talk about lectins. We talk about phytates. We talk about soaking nuts and seeds and uh, mitigate the lectins there. Pressure cooking certain foods. But no, not oxalate specifically. But that's actually a question that as I'm going around sort of the podcast world talking about ketotarian, that is a question that I've been getting. <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's making it's going to come rounds. up on Jimmy Moore's radar screen too. <laughs> yeah. So the. The answer that I have is that cooking them and having them not raw will break down a lot of these uh, potential irritants for some people. Mm -hmm. Clinically, I'm seeing the most sensitive of sensitive people out there yeah. as far as um, as far as their gut is concerned, which is what we're really talking about and right. the irritation that these oxalates or these compounds can have on the microbiome and inflammation levels. Um, I think the overwhelming positive stuff that people are are having on their health when they're eating this way, it will outweigh uh, the impact the oxalates or these compounds in certain plant foods may have. Now, obviously, you can go for low oxalate vegetables if you want to. I just don't see it being a major player for most people. Now, look, I don't want to undermine the people that are listening right now that are like, oxalates are a problem for me, and they know that. Um, at that point, then you need to go for low oxalate foods and and tailor it for you just like we talked about carb sensitivity there have been people that are being going to be more sensitive to these uh, other random compounds and foods as well but i think the bigger picture that i think we should talk about when we talk about oxalates and even histamines and these other things out there that people have problems with is yes we should talk about them i write about them it's like something that I do for a living is, is <laughs> finding these things and and improving someone's health from them. So I'm not denying them in any way. But I think that there is more uh, just as we need to talk about them. We also need to talk about this concept of orthorexia in the wellness world. Yes. Because I think a lot of times people get so obsessive about these things that they're stressed about all the foods they're eating, all the potential problems they could be having when they don't even know if it's the oxalates to begin with. So I think the bigger Topic should be, yes, find out if it's an issue for you or not, and we should address the underlying root problem. But then all the other people that are just being worried and frenzied about this, uh, it's not good for your health. Stress and anxiety about food is not good for our health, and it should be antithetical to the context of wellness and being healthy and feeling great. Oh, I love um, you. <laughs> <laughs> I, this has been on my heart a lot lately. So thank you for articulating it. And you actually do articulate this very thing on page 142 of Ketotarian, where you're talking about various tools. And one of the tools that you throw in there is make peace with food and your body. And you'd already talked about carb tolerance level and intermittent fasting and balancing your electrolytes and managing stress. But you said uh, you can get all of that perfect, eat the best foods, become a perfect fat-burning keto-adaptive machine. But in my experience, if your relationship with food and your body is unhealthy, you're not going to enjoy all the goodness that a ketotarian lifestyle has to offer. And, and I'm seeing it more and more, Will. It seems like people kind of have this image in their head that if they're not doing it 100% absolutely perfect and cutting out all lectins and cutting out all oxalates and you know, reducing their carbs to this level and getting their fat to this level and their macro. It just it's it's insanity now that people put themselves through so much stress. And it's that stress that's going to be their undoing. 
Right. And I find that most people that actually bring up the topic of oxalates, not you, but like this conversation that's coming up, yeah. uh, actually don't have a problem with oxalates. They're just trying to bring up another point of why they shouldn't be eating a certain food. Right. So I think that, yes, of course it exists. Yes, it's real. People have it's sensitivities to almost everything under the sun now with the amount of gut lining problems and autoimmune conditions out there. And we should address it if it is an issue. But this 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 like mass statement on people to be fearful of oxalates in plant foods, I, I just think it is it's hyperbole. It's yeah, it's, it's reactionary, it's inflammatory statements. And I, I think that we need to kind of recalibrate that conversation. And that's why in Ketotarian, I wanted to give all the science next level stuff for people who were there and wanted that. Yeah, you did. But I, want, <laughs> I wanted to keep it simple. So for every sciencey stuff, I tried to have a keep it simple option yes. for people that are just like new to this and just want to keep it simple and focus on real foods and get the benefits of eating lower carbon ketosis. I think that there is this balancing act that, you know, I hope I did with ketotarian. I think you're going to do the same thing with real food keto. I think that that, that is something that I think we need to start talking more about. And you bet we will. <laughs> we hammer it here on this show weekly. And uh, so we definitely uh, do that. I have another question, uh, but after the break, we'll bring up the protein issue, because this is one when you start talking plant based. How do you get complete protein? So we'll address that, you guys, right after this. Living la vida low carb, talking about a low carb diet. Uh -huh. Getting your body healthy, and ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, it's really about ketosis, a ketogenic life. Yeah, a real time indicator for ketosis called ketonics. It messes your breath for ketones. Are you burning fat? Uh -huh. It's the first of its kind. All my ketonians, where you at? Hey, I'm just here to let you know. Wanna look and feel incredible? We live in la vida low carb, get your body healthy and live long. Hey, keep my fats high. high. And my carbs low, need my glucose down right now, pronto. Check my ketones, look at the stats, yo. With ketonics, now I'm in the burning fat zone. Ketonics, we burning fat, yeah, we own it, yeah, yeah. With ketonics, I'm burning fat and I'm on it, yeah, yeah. Living la vida low carb, I do this every day. If you want to burn that fat, it ain't no other way, yeah. Go to ketonics.co. And for my international followers, it's ketonics.com. Woo! Hi, I'm Christine Moore, Jimmy Moore's wife, and I'm here today to tell you about the Nutritional Therapy Association and why I decided to go through their Nutritional Therapy Practitioner Program. I figured, well, this will be a great opportunity for me to maybe possibly be able to help people with their nutritional issues and anything that they might be going through. Just the thought of me having to learn stuff again, it was intimidating. I didn't think that I would be able to do it. didn't think that I would be able to retain the stuff that I was learning and I would have a hard time on the quizzes and the tests. The NTA is looking for more keto practitioners. They believe in real food. They do not frown upon good, healthy fats. They believe that they should be a healthy part of the diet. The most gratifying part of the program has been getting to meet a bunch of like-minded people who are interested in nutrition. A lot of us came into this program with health issues of our own that we wanted to try to fix. The material that we're learning is just absolutely incredible. I thought I knew a lot about nutrition, but going through this program, there's so much more to it than what I actually knew. We learn about anatomy and physiology, so we learn about how things work in the body, how vitamins and minerals affect the body, so it's just been a great program anyone should do this program. It's a nine-month program that can pretty much fit into anybody's schedule. I mean, we have people that have children, full-time jobs going through this, so it's very flexible with your schedule. If you're thinking about it and not sure, I would highly recommend you go through it. Join the Nutritional Therapy Association today at nutritionaltherapy.com. We're back here on Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. KetoTalk.com is the website. Today we're talking all about Ketotarian. It's my co-host, Dr. Will Cole's debut book, now available in stores and on Amazon. And you're doing a book tour, right? Yeah, I have a few events uh, in 
the uh, Los Angeles area, I'll be there. Uh, also at the end of, or actually the mid of September, I'll be in New York City at the Natural Gourmet Institute. Nice. I'll be in Pittsburgh uh, here in my hometown uh, and in Swickley, and I'll be in Dallas as well for the Autism Education Summit. And I'll also be having a signing at the Goop uh, pop-up shop as well. And then I'll be in Miami in November. So nothing crazy, but a few events. It's all at drwillcole.com. We're going to have to arrange some joint book signings uh, once our book's out. And uh, it'll have to be after the holidays because nobody does any like events in November, December, sadly. Yeah. So January, maybe Dr. Will and Jimmy and Christine Moore will go on on a tour together. That'd be fun. It'd be so fun. Yeah. So let's get to this protein issue, because this is something when you start talking plant-based, um, that comes up within the keto world. Well, how in the world do you get complete protein? So you've already established that you have a pescatarian uh, version of ketotarian in your uh, book. Um, And so that would, you know, provide plant uh, or excuse me, provide complete proteins. I'm I'm trying to say it so fast that my brain is jumbling a little bit there. (laughs) I need more complete proteins, I guess. So, um, and then the, uh, vegetarian that has the eggs would also have the complete protein. So how do you address the vegan portion of this with complete proteins? So complete protein is uh, the term that's used when we're talking about getting all the essential amino acids. These are the, the, the constructs of protein amino acids that our body does not innately produce. We need to get get it from the foods that we eat. Um, so somebody that's entirely vegan keto, they're not having any eggs or any fish into their life. They're going to have to make sure that they're getting that all those essential amino acids and ample amounts of them or adequate amounts of them uh, throughout the day. So the old sort of view of being entirely vegan or vegan keto is that you had to have all nine essential amino acids in every meal. Um, But the way that it works and when we're chewing food, our body is not separating it. Our stomach is not separating it between meals where this is the breakfast section of the stomach and this is the lunch section of the stomach. We are chewing it and it's all sort of this sort of ball of chewed food in our gastrointestinal system. So as long as we're getting adequate amounts throughout the day, that's sufficient. Um, so if they're having a variety of different foods with different amino acids, uh, that's something that is completely adequate and people can have abundant health that way. I mean, Dr. Diolis is a good example of that. She's entirely vegan keto uh, and she's doing it fantastically. Um, the And there are many other, you know, obviously unsung people on, on social media or listening to the podcast right now that are doing it amazingly as well. But uh, I gave options in Ketotarian to kind of highlight the fact that he, some plant-based protein options. So one exception that I make or one, cause I talk about soy and the, um, the fact that most soy in the West is GMO. Right. Uh, it is uh, not good. It's not healthy. Um, but I talk about the fact that fermented organic soy products like natto and tempeh. So natto and tempeh are these fermented soy products that A, have the benefits of being fermented with the probiotics and the more digestible aspects there, and they are complete proteins. So those are two soy organic non-GMO options for people who do okay with soy or do great with soy. Uh, There are some people that don't tolerate soy, even the fermentation process. But I find that people that have problems with regular soy, don't have problems with these organic non-GMO fermented soy. So just keep that in mind for people that are like, I can't have soy. Typically they can tolerate these fermented options, but then there's also um, hemp foo and hemp products like, uh, like the, uh, it's like almost like uh, tofu, but it's from hemp, which is a good amount of amino acids too. Foo. I have not heard that. It sounds like Kung Fu. (laughs) Yeah. Hemp foo. There's hemp foo and hemp A. Ah. So tempeh, yeah. So these are like tofu and tempeh uh, variations from hemp. And then there's obviously the tempeh and the natto. And then there's hemp hearts and hemp seeds. Yes. And then uh, sacha inchi uh, is a type of, I think it's called the Incan nut or Incan peanut, but it's a yeah. type of nut and seed that's really high amounts of protein as well. We've talked about and, that one before. Yep. 
Yes, I think it was Dr. Diolis's um, episode two. We talked about it. And then there's lots of nuts and seeds beyond that, obviously, that we know about, too. Uh, so that's going to be when you have a variety of those, plus the vegetables that have some protein in them as well, uh, you're going to get all your am essential amino acids and be fine. Um, you can obviously supplement with branch chain amino acids that way uh, for somebody that's entirely vegan keto. So that's another option, too. But yeah, so there you go. There's a lot yeah. of foods out there. It's a huge list in Ketotarian, so they can uh, have a variety of those plant-based protein options. So, Will, most people listen, listening to this show know all about the benefits of a ketogenic diet. That's the focus of this show. Um, can you talk about some of the benefits of plant-based that maybe they don't think about because there's kind of this knee-jerk reaction of, well, it's plant-based, it's it's wrong. And so, so what, what are the good things about plant-based that maybe keto people don't know about? Number one for me is the microbiome. Uh, and that's no surprise for anybody that's a fan of keto talk. Feeding the uh, microbiome, is that what you're saying? Yeah, feeding the microbiome, exactly. So the our microbiome, the, the trillions of bacteria in our gut eat what we eat. And the predominant food is fiber from non-starchy vegetables. So the more variety you're having of non-starchy vegetables, research shows the more diversity you have in your microbiome. And the more diverse our microbiome, the more abundant and robust our health is, at least that's what research indicates, the less diverse our microbiome, the more health problems can arise because this is 75% of the immune system our microbiome is. So it wields a lot of influence and power over our body. Uh, like Hippocrates said thousands of years ago, all disease begins in the gut. And now you know, research is catching up with antiquity in the sense that 90% of chronic health problems today, at least to some degree, begin in the gut, if not entirely. Right. Uh, and plant food is that major food that produces more of these microbes, more bacterial diversity. So one of the best ways that researchers have found to increase bacterial diversity, the microbiome, is a variety of plant foods. And if you're limiting the amount of plant foods you're having, you are limiting the amount of microbiome diversity. So that to me is number one. And the cool thing is that, and I know we've talked a bit about this on previous shows, is that one of the products of bacterial fermentation, so the bacteria is fermenting that food, it's producing short-chain fatty acids. Yes. One of the short-chain fatty acids which are end products of bacterial fermentation is butyrate. Butyrate is the brother of beta hydroxybutyrate. So you are having the same benefits of ketosis, or I should say similar benefits of ketosis produced in the microbiome because of plant fiber, and butyrate has similar benefits as beta hydroxybutyrate, meaning mitochondrial function, energy, immune modulation, all that stuff. Does that so, actually increase blood ketones? If someone was to measure, would it show up in the blood? It wouldn't show up in the blood because it's being produced um, in the microbiome. So it's not going to be circulating in the blood per se. Gotcha. Um, but it may have a small amount of negligible influence on that. I'm not sure on that specifically. I think there should be more studies done on that. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so it's it's producing a lot of the cool benefits in the body. Uh, and your body naturally produces that just like it naturally produces ketones. But your gut is producing butyrate. Um, and then obviously the impact that that certain plant medicines can have on detoxification and supporting healthy detoxification pathways. So we talk about which foods to focus on to support detox pathways and to make your life a cleanse instead of doing another detox. Really, how can you harness food to make your life a cleanse? Uh, and that is certainly a healthy ketogenic lifestyle, but it's also bringing in these key plant medicines too. And uh, we can't talk about being plant-based and using awesome benefits of plants without talking about adaptogens, which is a whole section of Ketotarian about Holy that basil. too. <laughs> Holy basil. And you can cook with these things and do that too. So it's a lot of these cool uh, traditional ways to kind of amplify your own keto uh, lifestyle. Uh, so those are the main reasons. Um, but I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, the Hadza people of Tanzania, yeah. they, uh, 
had bacterial diversity, actually greater bacterial diversity when they were eating this raw meat and weren't eating as many vegetables. Um, so there's definitely exceptions to that rule. Yeah. In the context of the Western diet, we aren't eating raw meat and gnawing like, you know, unless we're going to go full on Hadza, I don't think that. <laughs> Drinking I'm, the blood and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're going to do that, I think the best way to get bacterial diversity is through plant foods in the West. So these carnivore people, you have concerns about them just having ribeye steaks for every meal. Exactly. For long-term health. It's, is it better than the standard American diet? I would say it yeah. certainly is. Um, but long-term health, uh, when you're talking about wellness, uh, I, I, I have those concerns unless they're going to eat a more um, you know, primal way of eating like the Hadza people do. So if they had more offal and drank blood from well-sourced animals with the ribeyes, that'd be okay? I would say that there's definitely research to show that it increases bacterial diversity. Um, you know, it's, I think that for some people it may certainly work. Some people because of uh, genetic predispositions or their own makeup, they may, even if they do full hazard, they may not thrive. So I think it's within the context of what works best for you as an individual as well. Gee, imagine that bio-individuality showed up yeah. talking about ketotarian. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the pitfalls of doing a traditional ketogenic diet, which ostensibly is primarily animal-based with some plants thrown in. And then the same pitfalls that happen on the plant-based side. How does ketotarian kind of bridge the gap between those things that are bad about both of those? Um, what does ketotarian do to make it better? I think that the main pitfall in the keto world that I see and something that we've kind of touched upon with the over hyper focus on certain foods, as long as it's high fat, low carb doesn't mean it's inherently healthy. Uh, and I think a lot of times people are coming into the keto world and they're hearing about the weight loss and they're not really coming in from the wellness section of, of the perspective. And they are just over consumed with macros to the point of they're not looking at the quality of food that they're eating. Yes. And that lumps in a lot of artificial sweeteners and dairy that's not super healthy for them. So it's not organic and grass fed. And they're not looking at the quality of the meat that they're having. And but it's all in the name of being high fat, low carb. Uh, and so I think that that's a pitfall that obviously uh, I, I talk about in Ketotarian and uh, we talk about on the show a lot as well. Uh, so I think that is a pitfall that is mitigated when you're eating more uh, mindfully with these real food options in Ketotarian. And uh, I think that another pitfall specifically uh, to the uh, keto world is dairy itself. So when you look at the beta A1 casein and beta A2 casein, and we've talked about this before, so I won't go into great detail, but basically the people are having casein sensitivities and they, everyone, a lot of people love dairy and it's keto friendly. So they're going to this food that their body specifically doesn't agree with them. And then they think it's ketosis's fault, but it's not, it's dairy's fault. Right. So, um, and there's many books beyond ketotarian that are dairy free keto out there. I just think that people need to seek them out um, and realize they don't have to depend on dairy to be in ketosis. Is that a big uh, overall issue? You have a percentage of your patient population that that's a big issue? I mean, it's, I mean, I'm dealing with, people with autoimmune issues. So mainly. it's almost all of them. <laughs> it's almost all of them. Yeah. So I, I don't know the general population out there, but I think it's a problem. I think that you look at, if you're going to get a two milk, uh, that's grass fed full fat. I think that's another conversation. I think if it's goat's milk, it's another conversation. Right. You're, you're getting real not, deep here. Let me back you up. A two milk, explain what that is for the people that aren't educated in that. So that there's two uh, casein subtypes. There's A1 and A2. A2 is the original sort of ancient uh, primal casein protein, the protein that's in all dairy. Uh, and it's that casein has morphed because of the crossbreeding of cows uh, and modern farming practices. So the majority of cows that people are 
getting like the dairy from today in the West are beta A1 casein, which is the new casein on the block. So there's a mismatch between uh, this new casein, beta A1, and our genetics, which haven't changed in thousands of years. So just like gluten and grains and, uh, the, and GMO and this casein, there is this new form of these foods that uh, is a mismatch between our genetics, which is remainly, you know, unchanged all this time. So this is triggering genetic predispositions for autoimmune issues and digestive problems and inflammation just in general. So um, there are more and more companies that are looking at A2 and providing that. So if you go to Whole Foods, you will see A2 milk in many of the stores. And a lot of cow breeds uh, are predominantly A2, certain Indian and African cows, uh, certain like in New Zealand with the grass fed cows down there, they're predominantly A2. So there are certain breeds of cows that are still uh, producing this ancient form of casein, which research show research shows that it's not causing the same problems that modern dairy is causing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and they're labeling it in Europe. When you go to the UK, you see you see the different kinds. When you come to America, it's just that white jug. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think it's again, it's not dairy in and of itself. It's what we've done to it. Right. Uh, but because most people aren't going to want to spend the more it's significantly more money to get the A2 milk at this point their solution would be to be dairy free. Uh, and uh, that's what I provide. Obviously, all of ketotarian is dairy free other than the ghee, which removes the casein. It's yes. just the dairy fat. So most people that have casein problems don't have a problem with the ghee or clarified butter, which is casein free. New casein on the block. Is that a new boy band? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm showing my age. That, that was my play on word. There too. Um, it worked because my brain went there. Well, let's look at some of the recipes because uh, you got a bunch of them in here. And what was really interesting to me as I was looking through them, Will, is some of the best, like highest fat, lowest carb ones was the smoothies. And so like the coconut rasby, uh, raspberry smoothie on page 229 you have 24 grams of fat, one gram of protein, and six grams of net carbohydrates. And it's got coconut milk and raspberries and coconut and coconut oil. That's where all the fat's coming from. Uh, vanilla, sea salt, and then a little bit of uh, liquid stevia. So if you need it. So, I mean, that's pretty hardcore keto. And, you know, a vegan can look at that and go, wow, that's really good. Well, ha what squabble would they have with that? They wouldn't have any squabble with yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's the cool thing about it. They did. They, most people in the vegan and vegetarian and plant-based world would have something like that and never think of it as being keto friendly. Unless they're worried uh, about the fat clogging their arteries, there is the low fat end of vegan. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I think there's definitely certain people within that world that are still like that. Most of the vegan and vegetarian and people that are just more plant-centric, they are okay with plant-based fats, and they're they're open to that idea. Right. Uh, because of, you know, things like Mind Body Green and, and Goop and doctors educating them on the fact, like Mark Hyman and Perlmutter, yeah. educating them they shouldn't fear fat. So um, Rich Roll doesn't fear fat. That boy eats some fat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely so many options. The predominance of the recipes are vegan keto. Yes. Uh, and then there's the vegetarian options with eggs. There's like a whole section of egg options and different ways to do eggs. And then the fish options too. Tons of uh, wild caught fish options. And uh, I labeled them. Um, the ones that were autoimmune friendly, I labeled yes. them in the book. Yeah, you, um, you labeled both the vegan, vegetarian, AIP, and the vegetarian, as you called it, with the uh, with the fish. Uh, I love that that you kind of said, okay, whichever version you chose, here are options for you. And even within, like a vegetarian one, like the one on page two hundred three, grilled romaine and avocado Caesar salad with eggs. I mean, you could make little changes to it to make it fit whatever protocol you decide to do. Yeah, exactly. And when that, when there was like clear ones where you can make it autoimmune friendly, it was like taking out this one ingredient um, or same with the fish, like just leave it out if you want it to be vegetarian. Right. So, yeah, definitely. I think there's a place for everybody here. I, I really can't think of anybody 
that I see patient wise that won't get something out of this. And they're um, people that are going through health problems that want to optimize their health. And I, I hope the the rest of the world that maybe aren't seeing me clinically, you know, on a consult would still get this cool functional medicine information in their keto walk. By the way, the grilled romaine and avocado Caesar salad with eggs, the uh, nutrition facts on that, you guys, 55 grams of fat, 11 grams of protein, seven grams of net carbohydrates. And so pretty darn low carb, moderate protein, high fat. So it definitely fits within the mold of what we've talked about, you know, ad infinitum here every single week on this show. And we're so grateful that Dr. Will Cole has uh, given us this gift to the world. And guys, I want you to tell everybody you know about this and definitely friends and family that are kind of curious about keto, but maybe they've heard about that Lancet study that recently came out and they're fearful that it should be more of a plant-based because that's what that study concluded. Um, show them ketotarian because maybe this will whet their appetite. And here's what I see happening, Will. People start a ketotarian diet. They feel better by adding in more vegetables and lowering their carbs and getting the junk out of their diet. And then they go, well, you know, I'm not really fearful of red meat. So let me add in a little bit of grass-fed beef to this. And it kind of gets them a foot in the door, whereas they wouldn't even give it a second thought, but for this book. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I, I mentioned that in the book because I eat grass fed beef. Uh, it's part of my life. So I, I, I talk about going completely plant based keto for eight weeks. And then from there, bring grass fed beef. in if you want it in uh, into your life and you do well with it or if you enjoy it uh, or and we obviously talk about all the other tailorings you can go to. But this isn't to say Everybody has to be, you know, don't have any red meat uh, after the eight weeks. This is about that grace and lightness that I really wanted to infuse into ketotarian, but also yes. into this conversation of wellness of saying, let's quit shaming people and like being so dogmatic. Let's just find out what works for our body and stick with it. And I think some people, you know, are not going to want to be plant based for the rest of their life. They're not going to want to never eat a hamburger. I love grass fed beef. So let's, how do we recalibrate the keto world and recalibrate the plant-based world? That was really the, the ethos of ketotarian. Well, you definitely have brought a fresh new perspective. I'm really glad that uh, someone has tried to bridge the communities because it's something I've tried to do for many years now, ever since I first interviewed Dr. Dean Ornish way back in the day, trying to find those common areas uh, where we believe the same thing. Um, and promoting those things. And I, I think you are the perfect person to do that because of your functional medicine background and what you do. And uh, yes, you're, you're keto, but you're also very open-minded to whatever's going to make people healthy. So thank you again for writing Ketotarian. You guys, it will be in the show notes section. We'll have a link to it at ketotalk.com. And that's it for this episode 122 of Keto Talk. As always, go to ketotalk.com for full show notes for this and every episode and connect with your fellow Ketonians at ketotalkfb.com. And Will, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode, back to our regular format. But thanks for uh, for letting us brag on you a little bit today. I was really proud of you and really happy that now you, uh, you're you an author, soon to be international best-selling author. I'm going to speak that into your life still. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about what I love every week. I'm really, really thankful. So, guys, until next Thursday, we'll see you then. You've been listening to Keto Talk with Jimmy Moore and Dr. Will Cole. Visit our website, ketotalk.com, for full show notes for this episode. If you love Keto Talk, then drop us a review at iTunes. Thanks for joining us for today's episode, and we'll see you again next Thursday. Disc of Light. <laughs>